All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Coffee is for Closers, me and James today. And today we're going to be talking about follow-ups, referrals, the one percenters that make sales teams and salespeople successful. Yeah. So if you want to be a more successful salesperson or you want to run a better sales team, make sure you listen all the way to the end because I'm sure we'll drop some, some good ones. No doubt at all. All right, guys, cue the intro. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. I'm going to repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of the first episode you listen to. We don't want pikers. We're not here to save the manatees. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. Put that coffee down. All right, Jimmy Jam. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, the one percenters, right? Where do we even start? First percent, uh, probably. Yeah, yeah. Start at the beginning. It's always the best. Yeah. I think yeah. there's a. Well, I was writing down today. I was like, well, you know, because even a sales sniper, like sales sniper, was built on follow ups, referrals, yeah. self lead generation. But then we developed a whole bunch of self lead generation tactics. Then we then had people come in and do separately. So then we kind of like, you know, I think as the company gets bigger, some of those things can start to dilute. You know what I mean? So yeah. we were having a conversation last night with a client of ours. And, you know, I think that there was, uh, you know, it was a good conversation, but it was about like how probably some of the one percenters have been sort of lost, I think, hmm. around hmm. the follow-ups, the referrals. Now, I had a chat with one of the sales guys that's been in there for a long time, and they have tapped that keg pretty hard. Yeah from the conversation that I had, but it doesn't mean that there weren't stones being left unturned. So although I was happy with it, I think there were like ascension model things that weren't done, referrals that probably weren't done as effectively as possible. All the people are being followed up with, all the leads, mm. but we're not like, you know, upselling, cross-selling. You know, doing understanding that. the full spiderweb, right? And yeah. know, utilizing it to the advantage. Which is something that we can do better. Like, yeah, so... Absolutely. It's, it's always good to, to to have a look at things and figure out like what you can do better, you know? So today put together like all these SOPs around like tracking the activity and trying to like gamify the whole referral, follow-up, upsell, ascension type model process. And, and, and yeah, sort of, so what I want to do is come on today and sort of chat about it because I think like, you know, the fastest way as a sales rep for you to make more money is for you to get referrals, is for you mm-hmm. to have an effective follow-up sequence. Like I don't care how much of a one core killer you are, like you will make so much more money if you follow up effectively. It's just key. I mean, when I was in accounts doing commission on the sales repping, like at least a third of my income came from Mm follow-ups. It's, I think like, because with that combined, it's, um, it's probably our fault from the top of not recognizing those little one percenters. uh, Well enough, right? You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you grow quickly and you start to lose some of the smaller things or perceive smaller things. Shifts. Exactly. So like, it's always good to kind of rehash that. And I brought it up with some of the senior managers today. Yeah. Like, Hey, we need to sort of focus on this. And then we're going to put in that gamified system using like a point system where we can. Yeah. And one of the other things is like, it's funny, like there's a little bit of complacency with some of the sales guys because they develop so quickly to a level where their income is like, what's an extra thousand bucks. You know, it's just, we, we found that some of our best guys stopped doing follow-ups and they made significantly less sales from follow-ups because they were making so many sales already. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a, there's a couple that we could name, but won't. And there was just a level of complacency with that that we looked at and weren't happy because it doesn't really, I guess, emulate the values in, in which we have. And I, I think like 
a massive part of leadership is is us you know being that person going you know what like that that's on us we've allowed that to happen because maybe we didn't follow up with our staff enough to check and that tr- trickles down and there's been a couple of things there where you know we haven't been happy with those like little little minor things and have had some some really good lessons in in humility lately so it's been quite good reality slap in the face where you're usually the ones giving them perspective week yeah yeah very much i feel like i feel like i've grown as a person over the last few i felt the same thing yeah. not because of any sort of serious adversity but because of like oh man i should probably look at that in a different way yeah yeah 100 i think one of the traps of like success is like you start to think and it's i think it's hard not to creep in and this might get a bit introspective for everybody but i think it's good to i don't know chat about stuff it's like you want to be careful yeah. like you don't put your motivations or your aspirations mm-hmm. on something else like and we had this because you know i only learned like I've, I've always thought that i could do big huge monstrous billionaire type things like i've always thought that always since i was a kid i was like i can be a billionaire i can be the best in the world at x y and z whatever i do but like a true belief that i can do that and i honestly thought everybody else felt the same way i thought everybody walked past a hundred million dollar house and said i will buy that one day yeah and we've, we've had this conversation many times where you're like why don't they just do this and i've had to pull you up and be like matt people don't think like that People don't think the same way that we do because I, I used to never think that way until one day I decided to. Yeah, and it's like, and I don't think that's not, a yeah. bad thing because I think no, if everyone did it, it would be a problem. Um, but I think everyone did it, so be more me, it was like you know, and we were chatting with our mentor the other day, Big Barry, and he, he told us he goes, "Your guys's ambition is like a great thing, but you need to rein it in, monitor it to make sure it doesn't become too much or not too much or it doesn't it doesn't become an issue." It doesn't right, and so, over into ego, right? Yeah, which is a real thing that I really am hyper aware of. I'm afraid of it. <laughs> yeah, know? like I don't want that to happen. And so, like we've had chats with with everyone, like the way that we need to communicate with our clients and our staff members, like it needs to be very clear. And like, you know, even with someone like a Marco who's like so driven, like the guy's a Lamborghini engine. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like just he can just redline it and thrash it. But you know, Lamborghinis want to go fast. Some people are just are Toyotas. Yeah. And you like Toyotas are very reliable, very good. You need to have them, but like you, a Lamborghini can't get angry at a Toyota because it doesn't want to go as fast as it. Yeah, just for mm-hmm. it doesn't have the engine. Yeah, and I and I and I wanted to be very clear. Like, it's not a bad thing if you have different aspirations to us. Like, that's not a bad thing. It's just a thing. And I can't, as someone who wants to have a nine-figure business or even a ten-figure business, I can't. Like if I then speak to people that want to have a seven figure business, like my decision-making process is different. will be so different. And so if I try and put them into my way of thinking, like I'm just going to frustrate myself and I'm going to frustrate them. Like, you know, there are plenty of business owners that we work for that could be twice as big. It could be. And sometimes they say they want to, but they don't want to. Sometimes they say they don't want to and they don't, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, they're making a couple hundred grand a month take home. And it's and like, man, it's, like that's, that's fantastic. It's a lot of money, right? And so it's like, I can see why they're just like, no, chill, bro. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. That's a lot of money. You mm-hmm. just be taken home for not having to do a lot, right? Yeah. And they I, put the hard the yards in. And so it's like, but I can't then expect them to make decisions and invest in the way that I would because we have totally different goals. And I think only for the first time this week has that really become apparent to me. Mm, yeah. So it's, it's, I've seen that like, in your face and the way that that's changed crazy 
you know, there's the Ferraris, Toyotas, sometimes there's also bosses and Bentleys, you know, it's, it's interesting. So many different types of people, right? <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about if you're listening. So, yeah, it's funny. And, like, um, I feel like that frustration, it, it kind of, like, spilt over a little bit, getting angry at people that didn't have that same level of, of action. And, well, they have the they speak as if they have that ambition but don't have the action to match it. And that became very, very frustrating to us. There's a lot of frustrating things recently where as we grow with that level of success, we're getting large amounts of people, you know, stealing our stuff and and selling it. We had a guy who had the nerve to sell (laughs) one of our programs in our group and contact people, some of which were staff. It was mind-blowingly stupid. And we've seen like a lot of that and, you know, people trying to piggyback and use our content and We've, we've been pretty savage in the past where we actually just like smoke people on it and be like, call them out when justified. And I feel like um, that's kind of trickled down to some of our staff that you get on the defensive with us and probably don't do it in the most respectful way. And, you know, I, I had a, the same moment that you had with um, that, that client last night where, you know, I I, um, I approved a post and then roasted them on it and because they were a, a competitor to ours using our group as a platform to try and lead generate. I'm like, that is, that's just terrible business ethics, but they had no idea who we were. And uh, I just assumed that they did. I, I roasted them and I spoke to them yeah. afterwards and I was like, oh, okay. How did you not know who I am? Yeah. I was just, I, I apologize and I'll, I'll apologize now. So, uh, so sorry, sorry, Katie, I probably should have spoken to you before, before roasting you, you know, but um, that was a good lesson for me. I think every now and then you have these like little doses of humility. I remember ages ago on Instagram, this guy said something to me and he'd actually done a typo. I'd done a typo. Right. And then he had like said what I meant to say was a lull. I just, I don't know why I was in a bad mood. I just, he was like, you had a typo. I was just saying this. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm such a, yeah. I said, said, I'm such a, what a defensive piece. Of <laughs> and I said, send me your favorite charity. I'll donate 500 bucks to it. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I was just like, like, why do, uh, it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, I think it's good to be checked. And like when you, you know what I mean? It's good to have those front of. Uh, I like it when people are happy to call you out. Well, I mean, in saying that, like I didn't sleep the night. I was up to like 2 a.m. because I had so many ideas come through my head. I had to get them on paper. And um, it was right after the day that guy stole all of our stuff and he, I made him apologize publicly and I, I kind of respect that. So all is forgiven on my end. But yeah, it's just some of those, like, I like it when someone's not afraid to call people out because it's exactly what we would do. And how can you be upset at that? So exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And everyone, everyone's every now and then as long as you go, yeah, I was, I was a yeah, yeah. My bad. Let's change it. That actually so, flows into follow-ups because I, I think, say. yeah, because I got, I got a really good lesson uh, a couple of years ago now. When this guy had said, yes, I want to do the program. I was like, sweet. Can you pay for it? He's like, well, my, like my head of the work, whatever, has the card, the company card. Mm-hmm. He's at Bunnings getting a whole bunch of stuff for the, for the business. I'll be back with him at 7 p.m. We'll give you a call and I'll throw the payment out then. And I was like, yeah, sweet. Tried a couple of ways around that because it can be a smokescreen, but sound pretty genuine. So I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, sweet. Call them at 7, didn't answer. 705, 710, nothing. Send them a text like, hey, bro doing this anyway like next morning he didn't get back to me so i sent him an email and it was like basically like this is disrespectful like sort of it was well worded but it was just like i look back and i'm like what was the aim of that email 
Yeah, like, yeah. what was the desired outcome there, except for like an apology? Killed a lead. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like oh, that was ridiculous. But so, and he was like, "Oh, hey man, like it's actually kind of a email to receive." X, Y, and Z had happened. It was like a personal emergency thing, and he's like, "This just goes to show me that you're really not interested in me. You're interested in the sale." Hmm. I was like. Yeah, you'd you change like, the way you follow up after that. Yeah, logic and reason at this, I won't know part of it. Yeah. <laughs> you say that so often, it's lost yeah. all meaning to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's just, um, I was like, yeah, that's completely fair. I apologize. That's kind of, uh, like, I, I am fully sorry. Are you open to me having a quick call with you so I can, like, literally, like, I'm not going to try and say anything. I was like, I just want to apologize because you're totally right. And he was like, no. I was like, oh, okay. And then he went around me just direct to the business owner and signed up so I didn't get the commission. <laughs> I like that. That's so petty. Like, breathe. But that was a great lesson for me. And like my follow-up changed dramatically after that. Because it's like, who cares? Did it? You know what I mean? Did like, your follow-up change or did your mindset change around the follow-up? Where it's yeah, like, like how, like my mindset around it changed because mm-hmm. I just sort of, I just, I changed to like a, who cares? Like I'm going to do my follow-ups. But if the person's ghosting me, who cares? I just like my assumption changed from like, I was like, oh, I assumed that guy was ghosting me, but he was actually just really busy with a personal matter. So I was like, man, I wonder how many people that have ghosted me are actually just busy because of a personal matter that yeah. I just make a f- passive aggressive text to her. It's funny, like thinking about that, it's like, as if you're that f- important that this guy cares enough to personally ghost you and avoid you. Like, All right. As if you're special in that guy's life that he's going to go out of his way to like, yeah, just I don't want to speak to this guy. Yeah. So from there, I just started like my follow-up became more consistent, mm. more aggressive in the terms of not like the aggressiveness of what I said, but like, just like I was far more persistent and I started making way more sales from follow-up. And then like, I would leave conversations differently and like, I would normalize no show. Like, hey, man, it's totally normal. Like, I understand you probably got super busy and forgot the appointment. Just want to make sure, like, no stress. Don't worry about it. Let me know when you're free for, like, two minutes and I can rebook it at a time that hopefully you can, it's more convenient for you. Because a lot of time, like, what happens is people get embarrassed that they no-showed and they just don't want to talk to you because it's embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like if we just normalize that, it's fine. Hmm. You know what I mean? I, I bet, uh, yeah, like, for the guys listening, if you actually think about this, if you've accidentally missed an appointment how embarrassed you feel about that and you're like oh i'm such a bad person sometimes that is exactly what your prospect is feeling because yeah. they did not mean it at all also think about this let's say you've had a sales call or you right with somebody and they're following up with you right and you actually want to do it but there's some things in you see their phone number and you go i actually want to have that chat but i don't have time right now to have a 15 minute call <laughs> i will call that person back then what do you do? You forget, right? So you just you just forget. That's it. And then you're like, I need to call that guy back. And then he texts you. Then you might text him back. And then you forget. Like it's just everyone's busy, man. Like I got two kids, you know. Everyone busy. So it's like I think if we just take a chill pill, Winston. But there's no point getting overexcited about it. And we can just all be much happier and more relaxed. Like I got a message the other day on the Facebook group. It was like, how long do I follow up with someone? It's like, well, just keep following up with them. Listen, am I going to let someone book in 12 sales calls and have a no-show? Like, no, I won't. No. But I'll just change the conversation to like, hey, man, like you're crazy busy, obviously. I obviously can't give up much more of my time. 
is there a time where you will 100% be able to show up? Like maybe it's 10 p.m. Because like I can't give up more hours. You know what I mean? Like I think we both know this is something that you're interested in doing. So why are you rebooking? So like what's the what's the time here? Because if I, I just I can't, man, like I can't give up more. I've already given you a six four hours of my time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what's a what's a good solution here so that I know if we rebook this that like it's not going to be another wasted hour. Like let's have a genuine conversation and be like, because I want like I'm happy to put the time aside for you, man. I just I have to show up. You know, <laughs> it's it's funny, right? Because we were meant to film this podcast two days ago. And we were doing it on the back of a, a really big meeting that we had about a potential acquisition. And now uh, we come out of that call and we're just like, oh, we'll give it 10 minutes. Like, I just need to take some notes. I've got a good idea. I want that on paper. And uh, both of us went away to do something. And then so was, that, was, that was two days ago. It was, it was two days ago. And we're like, huh. So it goes to show how easy it is to forget things when yeah. something equals. Time, time flies. Especially like the older you get, I actually watched a video on Veritasism, which is a great YouTube channel, on why time goes faster the, the older you are. And it's the lack of novel experiences. So the more novel an experience, the more memories are created from it. And your brain perceives time, not in how time, because time is like essentially man-made, right? In terms of like hours and minutes and seconds, right? Yeah, the, the but you perceive time in terms of how many memories are created during an event, right? <laughs> so like if you, like, it's why like people in the military, the military, even though I was only in the military for six years, it feels like a tremendous amount of time in my life because I had so many novel experiences. Same way as in high school, it feels like a long time. Whereas like, it's not, you know, it, like the starting a business seems like a long time. So that's why kids like, you know what I mean? It, they, they perceive time differently. So it's the volume of, of, uh, of memories that you create, not the like, that's why if you think back about a holiday while you're in the holiday, it seems like it went really quickly because you're enjoying yourself. And when you look back, it seems like the holiday went longer for what it was because you have so many memories associated with it. Mm. So I was like really interesting. So it's like, like the older you get the sort of like the faster time goes and it's just easier to have things fall through the cracks for a, a day, a week, a month, a year. Why it feels so long when the, the prospects like reading out those credit card digits. Four, three, one, two. <laughs> it's it's like man, it's like. If, but oh, for me, I've done four it seven times. It's not a novel experience. Yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> it sounds uh, like this. Up, that's it. That sense to me. <laughs> but, uh, then you get one of those prospects that's kind of on the fence, and they kind of want to pull out, so they read the numbers really, really fast. For for everyone too, but like you yeah. saw, you saw, you're like, got it. Thanks. <laughs> Success. Best is, I reckon I've been hung up in the middle of credit card 5,500 times. Oh, it's, it's crazy, right? But anyway, back back to the, the, the one percenters and follow-ups. Like, we're going to talk about some of the things that we can actually do to improve that massively. Uh, one of the things that we're putting is we're going to put in, like, a reward system, like a point system for that. But I won't talk too much on it because it's an infancy. But I think, like, just just having, like, a the culture of a sales team needs, needs to be a lot of it around follow-ups and referrals and stuff like that because like it's a mitig it's a risk mitigation strategy against against lead generation falling down so um you know if you're if you're if you want more information on the nitty-gritty of how we do referrals and follow-ups go on to salesniper.net uh go to the free resources tab there is a self-generation lead gen there's a referral and an S and a, and a follow-up sop thing because you are um, busy we'll put the link in the description 
We will, we will. And I think some of the stuff we went over today was actually more useful. Yeah, uh, it was a good little side rant, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't want to do a long podcast today because I got heaps of shit to do. We just acquired a business. Um, just then, I'll let you know about it. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. I assume. We'll just yeah. stop recording. We can talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So if you guys have watched this all the way through to the end, make sure you like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Make sure you comment down below uh, if you like this kind of content. And if you're listening to this on one of the podcasting apps, make sure you subscribe, share this to a friend if you found it helpful. If you want to find out more about what we do, you can go to salesniper.net or hit us up on the Closing Code Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Also, our sister group, which is the Sales Revolution uh, Facebook group, and you can hear me as well on this on the Closers or Losers podcast with Jeremy Miner. If you, if you haven't had enough rider fix, mm. rider in your life, rider die. I, I, should I guess off. you could say that you would be a rider. Uh, my middle name is Richard, so there you oh, go. There you go. That's uh, why you're that makes sense. Hey, we should have the rider die crew. That'd be great. That's okay. <laughs> I know. But we were just like speaking about like ego and not having like 10 hardcore. (laughs) I got like 10 hard. I could definitely sell 10 t shirts. Marco would be the first to buy it. He's the biggest fanboy we got. He'd buy all 10 though. Actually, no, he wouldn't wear them because they're not pure cotton made from Gucci. No, I just put Balenciaga on the back and it'd be fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. I'll tear a big hole in it and charge him 500 bucks. Mm, We love you, Marco. You just have stupid fashion. (laughs) All right, right, guys. Thanks very much. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only.